Hey, good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and uh, welcome to our uh, Thursday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. Uh, we're going to be looking into Ezekiel. We're going to be Ezekiel chapters 43 through 48 today. So Ezekiel 43 through 48. Uh, remember, we started the the vision that Ezekiel is having. He he had had a vision already about the destruction of the temple. Now he's had a vision of the rebuilding of the temple. It's uh, talked about that uh, in the previous chapters. And uh, now we're kind of uh, looking even even bigger picture of of how uh, God is going to restore the the nation, restore the temple, restore his uh, the worship of Him. Um, now this is a this part of Ezekiel. There's uh, quite a few parts of Ezekiel, Daniel. Uh, that are kind of the apocalyptic uh, writing, so writing about end times, about future events. Um, this, th- there's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of discussion and uh, about when this is actually, uh, when in history this this is talking about, um, right? So this isn't talking about just whenever they're going to rebuild the second temple. All right, so the second temple is going to be rebuilt, um, but that's not really what Ezekiel is talking about here, um, because we know then that the second temple ends up being destroyed, uh, and there is no temple to this day. Uh, now the nation has reconstituted, but there is no temple. Um, you know, so so it's kind of it, it's interesting there, and there's I'm not going to get deep into that um, because we don't we don't know for sure. You know, we don't know exactly uh, when this is talking about, um, but there's uh, still some wonderful things that we can learn from it. And, and it's, it's important for us to be reminded uh, that God has a, a full plan. Uh, right? He didn't just kind of start the wheel going and start things in motion and then say, well, y'all have fun. No, he, he has a plan. He knows how this is going to eventually uh, uh, wrap up. But uh, so Ezekiel chapter 43 talks about the temple and specifically talks about the return of the glory of God to the temple. It says, afterwards, he brought me to the gate, the gate that faces towards the east. And behold, the glory of God of Israel came from the way of the east. His voice was like the sound of many waters. The earth shone with his glory. It was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when I came to destroy the city. The visions were like the vision vision when I saw the, by the river uh, Kaibar and fell on my face and the glory of the Lord came into the temple by the way of the gate, which faces towards the east. The spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Right. So this is the returning of the glory of the Lord. It's a, a magnificent uh, kind of uh, thing that Ezekiel falls on his face uh, because he is exposed to the glory of God. Um, kind of a reminder of when Isaiah uh, had his vision uh, and the, the holiness of God just overwhelmed him. And uh, you continue uh, on, it says, then I heard him speaking and he said to me, son of man, this is the place, my throne and this place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of my children, Israel forever. No more shall the house of Israel uh, defile my holy name. They, they, nor their Kings. Um, let's see, this is a little too, can't see that I'm getting old. Uh, they nor their kings by their harlotry or with the carcasses of their kings on their high places when they set their threshold by my threshold and their doorpost by my doorpost with a wall between them and me they defiled my holy name by the abominations which they committed therefore i have consumed them in my anger now let them 
put their harlotry and carcasses of their kings far away from me, and I will dwell in their midst forever. Um, so he's talking about what has happened, why, uh, you know, again, why the destruction came. Uh, but it's also it's looking forward to a time where the people will welcome uh, God in again. Um, you know, you, you your initial thought is maybe this time is fulfilled whenever Jesus comes. That's that's not really what it is. It seems to be further down the road uh, than that. But we clearly are not are not there yet. Um, so so then the vision continues. It gives dimensions of the altar, the importance of the altar of sacrificing of atonement. You'll you'll see that as you read through that. It talks about consecrating the altar. Again, the word atonement is used um, uh, quite often through this. And then you have in 44, the East Gate and the Prince, all right? The Prince, this is an interesting character, an interesting figure. Our first thought as Christians, we think, oh, well, that's probably talking about Jesus. It does not appear that it is Jesus, that this is a someone who is uh, kind of a, a, a caretaker uh, of the temple, kind of a, a, a go a, that is uh, in charge of the nation of Israel, but is partner with God. Um, so you think, well, that could be Jesus. But but again, it, it just doesn't quite fit with that, most people think. Um, some think that this is a, a sign of whenever God, uh, you know, a Christian kind of dispensational uh, view is that when God will come and begin a thousand-year reign, uh, well, the prince will be kind of the... Uh, the ruler of the world in a sense that is partnering with God. Uh, again, this gets, there's all kinds of theories and all kinds of ideas. We don't, again, we just don't fully know, but you have the prince who is introduced, uh, in this, uh, in this section. It says, then he brought me back this is chapter 44. He brought me back to the outer gate of the sanctuary with faces towards the East, but it was shut. And the Lord said to me, this gate shall be shut. It shall not be opened and no man shall enter by it because the Lord God of Israel has entered by it. Therefore, it shall be shut as for the prince, because he is the prince. He may sit in it to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the vestibule of the gateway and go out the same way. Right. And, uh, and then it talks about who can be admitted to the temple. Um, you, it, it's going to describe the role of the prince, what the prince is supposed to do. Uh, as you get to verse 10 in chapter 44, it talks about, uh, the priest and their roles. Again, it, it's going to kind of revive those roles that God has already established. It's a reminder of this is what it will be like. Um, uh, verse 23, it says, and they, talking about the priests, shall teach my people the difference between the whole and the unholy and cause them to, to discern between the unclean and the clean in controversy they shall stand as judges and judge it according to my judgments they shall keep my laws and my statutes and all my appointed meetings and they shall hallow my sabbath right they shall not defile themselves so the the priests are going to have a a role to play um, and again, it shows how God uh, seeks justice. He wants uh, justice to uh, to happen, um, but that the priests are also to help the people to discern between what is holy and unholy, what is uh, righteous and unrighteous. Um, chapter forty five uh, talks about the the holy. Uh, place. Um, again, this is, you'll, you'll read a, a lot about the prince here. Um, uh, the, uh, the prince has a, a different place where, where he dwells, uh, 
uh, also, verse 9 of chapter 45, thus says the Lord God, Enough, O princes of Israel, remove violence and plunder, execute justice and righteousness, and stop dispossessing my people, says the Lord God. And then it talks about you shall have honest scales, um, right? So this is, this is clearly a time that is to come because this is not happening uh, anywhere in the world right now. Um, but that, that uh, it will be whenever the people stand up and the, the representative of God uh, will remove vi- violence. He will execute justice and righteousness, um, that, uh, that he will bring the people together. Um, also, you continue, it talks about keeping the feast, um, that the, the prince has a role in making sure uh, that the, the uh, festivals and the feasts that have been established long ago continue to be practiced and continue to be honored. Um, chapter 46 talks about uh, just uh, the worship and, and a worship of God. It says in uh, verse 9, But when the people of the land come before the Lord on the appointed feast days, whoever enters by the way of the north gate to worship shall go by the way of the south gate. Whoever enters by the way of south shall go by the way of the north. He shall not return by the gate which he came, but shall go out through the opposite gate. The prince shall then be in their midst. When they go in, he shall go in. When they go out, he shall go out. At the festivals and appointed feast days, the grain offering shall be an ephah for the bull and an ephah for the ram, as much as he wants to give for the lambs. Uh, right? So the prince is intimately involved uh, with the worship of God, uh, with uh, recognizing who God is and pointing the people uh, to God. Talks about the prince and his uh, inheritance, how the offerings are to be prepared. Uh, chapter 47 talks about the healing waters and trees. Uh, the, I mean, this is just, this is, it's a picture of what is to come. Um, right. And then it goes into borders. Uh, it says there, uh, this is verse 13 uh, of chapter 47. Uh, these are the borders by which you shall divide the land as an inheritance among the 12 tribes of Israel. Joseph shall have two portions. You shall inherit it equally with one another. For I raise my hand in an oath to give it to your fathers, and this land shall fall to you as your inheritance. So it goes in, and it establishes the borders. Now, this is interesting, though, in verse 21. Thus you shall divide this land among yourselves according to the tribes of Israel. It shall be that you will divide it by lot as an inheritance for yourselves and for the strangers who dwell among you and who bear children among you. They shall be to you as native born among the children of Israel. They shall have an inheritance with you among the tribes of Israel. And it shall be that in whatever tribe the stranger dwells, there you shall give him his inheritance. Right? So it's this including uh, more than just the, the children of Israel. It's uh, interesting that it's, it's, it's extending outward. Uh, and, of course, we know that uh, Jesus desired for that to extend outward uh, as well. Uh, chapter 48 just talks about the divisions of the land, uh, goes into to that uh, and all the different uh, tribes uh, of Israel. And then the very end of uh, chapter uh, 38, it, uh, it, it starts to talk about the city. And this is a huge city. Um, it's, it's enormous. And uh, at the end, it says, verse 35, all the way around shall be 18,000 cubits. And the name of the city on that on that day shall be the Lord is there. Right? So again, this is definitely something that has not, not happened yet. It is something to come. And on that day, the city will be called the Lord is there. You know, that's that's a good thought. You know, sometimes we get um, really caught up and we can 
delve into end times and eschatology in a way that, uh, that it is fascinating. Um, and sometimes we become very sure of, of what, what we believe in that, but there are, many people of faith and people who love the Lord who have come to different conclusions. And so the reality is, is we don't fully know, uh, right? Even Jesus said, uh, we don't fully know. Um, but what we do know is that in the end, however, all of that works out, I love this, that the city shall be named. The Lord is there. You know, what a great, great thought that is that the Lord will be present, but will be present in a different way. Yes, he is present with us today and it is real, uh, but it is, it is not as physical as what we think of, right? Like we would think, oh, well, I can't see the Lord. I can't touch him. Um, we, but we can feel his presence. Um, and the Lord is here, but in that day and when, whenever he comes again, uh, the city shall be named. The Lord is there because he will be present. Um, so that's, that's always something encouraging. Uh, don't, don't get too, too bogged down or focused on just the end times because God has called you, uh, to engage in the world around you right now. It doesn't matter whether it's end times, beginning times, in between times. Uh, God has called you for such a time as this. So, but isn't it wonderful to know that in the end, the Lord is there. All right. We will see you on Tuesday. Uh, read Ezekiel 29 and 30. Um, there's a little bit, Second uh, Kings 25, kind of the end of that chapter. We've read through that chapter before, but we're getting to the end of it. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 52 has a, a little bit, but then we'll be in Isaiah. And remember, some of these places, they skip around all over the place. So Isaiah 13 and 14, um, Isaiah 21 and Isaiah 33 through 35. Um, so this is going to be kind of talking about um, how uh, Babylon, who has uh, been God's instrument um, to bring the people into exile and to punish the people for uh, falling away from him, well, they, they too are going to receive judgment. All right, so we will see you on Tuesday. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. See you Tuesday.